For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Amanda Horvath, and we're going to talk about how to use Instagram and YouTube to build your authority and credibility and have customers knocking on your door all the time. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Stelzner, S-T-E-L-Z-N-E-R, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a great new tool that's going to help you get inspired and create better stories for Instagram stories. Ooh, tell me more. All right. So it's called Story Art. And if I know anything with talking with our community, it's that they're using a lot of different apps to create their stories. And so there's a lot of different ones out there. And this is a new one to step up to the plate. It's got templates. That's really its strength. Story Art has all these different templates. So it's got different, you know, as you're flipping through, you're like, oh, I can see how with this predetermined layout, I could drop in some of my different images or videos and use that font they have or tweak it a little bit. It gets you inspired. It's kind of like looking at a swipe file for stories. Is it kind of like Canva meets Instagram stories? Yeah, that's a lot of how it looks. Yeah, it's very cool that way. So describe in words a little bit about what it is, because obviously we're trying to visualize it as we're listening to you. Sure. Yeah. So say you've got your, you know, your creative assets already, like you've got some video that you shot that you want to use in a story, or you were at an event and you took a whole bunch of photos and you want to share them out there, but you don't want to just have them be like full screen and then slap a bunch of stickers or things on that. You want to up the quality level, the creative polish. Well, this is going to be something that you would open up in your iPhone and you would then be able to swipe through a bunch of different possibilities for how to lay out in the story format, those creative assets. And then what? And then you can, uh, you know, drop in your creative assets. You can add in different pieces. Like you can even drop in a, a piece of video, put in a caption to it on the story, and then even slow down or speed up the video, which is Very really cool. cool. Does it let you publish direct to Instagram or do you re-download it and then re-upload it? Yeah, no, it's, it's a one-click uh, sharing over to in, an Instagram story. So say you, you created one in StoryArt, you could hit the button to send it over to Stories, and it'll open up Instagram, and you can natively publish it right there. Very cool. So for the people that are listening right now that find Instagram Stories limiting, because maybe they just have 
X number of fonts, or maybe they just have X number of colors and shapes and stickers and stuff. This sounds like it's got a lot more options. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, totally. And for those of us who find, you know, we get vapor lock where we, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for a story? I have no idea. Flipping through this app, you'll get to see examples of other stories that are great and be able to say, oh, well, I've got some photos that would look great in this template. And then you're like, oh, cool. Now I know what I'm going to do. I'm guessing it's a freemium model. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's a freemium model. So they've got a one month subscription that unlocks like extra tools, extra filters, extra layouts. And that's like $2.99 a month. There's also a one year subscription that's like $9.99. So you save a lot more if you do it that way. But again, there's a lot in here to like that's part of the freemium, the free stuff. Perfect. Just iOS or is it also Android? It's just on iOS for now. This would be great to have on Android, but it's got incredible ratings in the uh, the iOS store. So where do we find this thing? Best place to be finding it would be inside the iOS app store and just look for search for story art, S-T-O-R-Y-A-R-T, all one word. Perfect. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And now for my interview with Amanda Horvath. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Amanda Horvath. If you don't know who Amanda is, she's a video marketing strategist who helps people become thought leaders in their space. She has a background in documentary filmmaking and her course is called The DIY Video Roadmap. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. Today, Amanda and I are going to discuss how to build rapport with any audience using YouTube and Instagram stories. And we're going to do that by exploring a lot of Amanda's story. So Amanda, before we started the interview, you told me about how you used to do some stuff for um, Tim Ferriss. Can you tell us just a little bit about that story? Yes. So I was living in LA and decided to move back to Austin, my hometown, and moved back here. And within only a couple of weeks, got connected with at first Ryan Holiday that then led to Tim Ferriss right after that. And it was really pretty amazing because it was kind of one of those things that I manifested into my life. I had read his books in high school and definitely the four hour work week was a huge influence on my life. And so when I got the email, I was super stoked on this. So He had just released the book Tribe of Mentors and needed to make some marketing videos. So I was the lucky one to be able to make those videos. By the way, tell us about that. Like, what did you do for him? Like, what was that experience like for you? Yeah. So when I got the email, I was super stoked about it, but I also wanted to be very professional, right? And he actually was very different than I anticipated. He was a super nice guy. Not that I didn't think he would be, but uh, very open-minded, very caring. And so we filmed at his house, went in and had a DP that I had hired for the day that was going to set up the shots. And we had a list of videos that we would run through. And What is a DP for those of us that don't know what that means? 
Oh, right. Sorry. Director of photography. So cinematographer, cameraman, that kind of thing. And just had a list of videos and we got through, I believe it was 30 videos in one day in two or three different settings. That's nuts. Were they just short little videos or what? Yeah. So these were tons of different promotional videos as well as YouTube videos uh, for anyone that knows him, obviously, he's really big into batching. And so this was a perfect example of a batch, a video batch. So lots and lots of different content from he did even did one where it was like Tim Ferriss staring in the camera, eye gazing with you. <laughs> so they're really random. OK, cool. So what so what happened as a result of working with Tim? Yeah. So as I continued working with him, I was inspired by his approach to video because it was different than a lot of other people's. We then went on to do his video podcast. And throughout that process, right around this time, I was really looking to start my own YouTube channel and had wanted to start my own YouTube channel for two years. And I know a lot of people have told me this, that they also feel this way. So if you're feeling this way, then I hope that my story inspires you. But as I was working with him, what I realized was there really is no roadmap when it comes to video. This is an entirely new frontier and no one really knows what they're doing. And that was, instead of it being discouraging for me, it was really encouraging. And so I figured, you know what, this is kind of an even playing field. And this is an opportunity for those of us that don't have any expertise established online to to get going and compete with these people. Can I ask a quick quick question around this? So you have a background, you went to film school, right? And you got your degree and all that fun stuff. Didn't they teach you in film school structure and storyline and all that? And, you know, YouTube seems like, and the Tim Ferriss experience seems to kind of fly in the face of that. How did you wrestle those two things? With him just going off the cuff and winging it, you mean? Yeah, because, I mean, you came out of film school. Did They didn't teach you in film school. There really is no plan or, you know, or it's an open wide frontier. They probably taught you, here's how you do it, right? And then Tim violated right. all that, right? So how did that kind of square inside your head? Well, it was even, even beyond that because what really it is – Every single business, like this isn't in in film school, you're learning film, right? And you're learning screenplays and different things like that. And the majority of videographers out there want to be a filmmaker. And I was kind of the exception to that rule and worked with a ton of businesses and really got to see the power of video for business really early. And throughout that, video is so new, like with even how good our iPhones are getting and how technology is just advancing really quickly in today's world. That's why there's no structure, right? Like that's where the new frontier comes from. So it wasn't even an opportunity to learn this stuff in film school. They might be teaching it now, but I kind of doubt it. (laughs) So you decided to start your own YouTube channel. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So the reason that I ended up starting the channel is because I noticed a ton of problems within my industry. So As a video marketer, I realized that a lot of people were creating videos, but they had lots and lots of video content that wasn't being edited. Mm. They would shoot a video and pay me to shoot a video, a pretty penny, and then never do anything with it. And even if they did do something with it, it would just sit there on YouTube and maybe get 10 views. 
And so I had become obsessed with the world of marketing and figuring out how can I actually get results for my clients with video. And there wasn't tons of stuff out there. And this is what I mean by the new frontier. And so I just started testing hundreds of different approaches along the way and really figuring out like, oh, this works right here. This works over here. But then every time I got a new client, that client hadn't seen all those data points that I had collected over the span of all the years that I've been doing this. And so when they said, hey, I really want to create XYZ video. And I say, you know, you should really maybe think about that because... I think the video you need to create is X, Y, and Z, right? These other, suggest another video, enter here. They didn't trust my expertise. Mm. And so the reason that I ended up starting the YouTube channel is to start educating them on everything that I've learned and start kind of bringing the conversation, bringing it up and saying, okay, let's like talk about this. What is content strategy and how can we approach this from a different angle because it isn't just video production. Video alone doesn't work. So how do we make it work? So wait, what I'm hearing you say is that your clients had objections and you figured I may as well create a video out of this, not just for them, but for the world. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. How did yeah, that help totally. you? Talk to me a little bit more and, and even more so like, tell me what, what were some of the types of videos that you did create and then what happened after you created those? Yeah. So when I first started out, I followed Sunny Leonarduzzi's YouTube for Bosses program. She's great. To like, yeah. So I, I definitely, whenever I'm learning something new, I always want to learn from the pros and then iterate from there. And so luckily she had already gone before, created this system. And I, my initial approach was just to answer questions that I can put on my website. So how much does it cost to, how much do videographers cost or how to write a promotional script and different videos like that, how to hire a videographer. And so I just started sharing those things. The very first video that I ever created got ranked on the first page of Google and still is getting traction today. And most people are finding me based on just that one video. So what was that one about? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, that's how to write a promotional video script. Oh, perfect. So how many years have you been doing this? How long has it been since you opened the YouTube channel? It is just shy of a year and a half. So you're ranking on Google search. How has this establishment of the YouTube channel helped you with your business? And tell me more about that. Yeah, totally. So at the time of creating the YouTube videos, I had just finished working with Tim and that was a lot. It was running my life. And then outside of that, each year I was able to double my revenue from, you know, the very first year that I started yet at the end of the year, I would look at my profits and they really weren't increasing that much. I was paying a ton of subcontractors and all that. And I was starting to really burn out and feel like, okay, this is not working. I need to make a shift. And so I started producing these videos and talking about the things that people weren't talking about. Like I would go to marketing panels and conferences and very, very few people were up on stage talking about video. And so I'd take the things that they were talking about about it and start talking about it through that lens. Mm. And I believe it was like within 10 weeks, I saw a shift in the way that people were viewing me. So you can't see me right now, but I'm a blonde hair, blue eyed girl that often is discounted as an 18 year old or whatever. 
that doesn't know anything about business or marketing. But once I had started producing these videos, people were like, oh, there's a little bit more behind the scenes, which is why we're here talking about this, because I really want to inspire other people that feel like they're discounted for their looks or whatever it is, minority, and you can really control your image by starting down this route. So what we're digging into here is a little bit of Amanda's story about how she was able to use video to kind of overcome some of the objections she had with prospects, customers, so on and so forth. But we're going beyond that because what we're getting into is how this video all of a sudden shifted what the world thought about you, right? And all of a sudden you now were looked at, not just because of the words you said to someone face to face, but because someone could go to your channel, see the resources, watch those videos and begin to understand this gal knows what she's talking about. Did opportunities start presenting themselves more after that? Yes, they did. And my clients finally started to see me as the expert. So while previously I would say, Hey, you really shouldn't be doing that video. You should maybe consider this video. They would, you know, kind of shrug me off. Well, now they're coming to me ahead of time and saying, all right, tell us like, how can we actually do this properly? We can now see that, you know, what you're doing. And so from there, leads started coming in more consistently. I really think that this strategy is great for your local market. So anyone that's a service-based business out there that is serving a local market, if you start creating videos and start promoting them within your scene, they circulate. And so people on Facebook, for example, would post, I'm looking for a video person in town and inevitably I would get tagged. Mm. And so this was happening consistently. How were you promoting those videos? They lived on YouTube, but were you on the other social platforms cross-linking to them? How, like, how, Yes. Tell, so me, tell me more. With every video that I posted on YouTube, so p- YouTube was the main strategy and I didn't want to spread myself thin, but I did want to drive traffic from Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn to YouTube mm. and Twitter, which I don't really have a following on Twitter, but I did it anyway. So I posted on those sharing the ideas. And the thing is with this is even if people don't actually watch your content, they're seeing how consistent you're being with posting these videos. They're seeing the topics and that alone solidifies you as an expert within their mind. I love this idea. Were you using hashtags also just to kind of help get a little bit of discovery on these or were you not worrying so much about that when you were linking to YouTube? When I first started... No. Now with Instagram, it was about six months ago that I was like, okay, I feel like I kind of got this YouTube video system underneath my belt. Now it's time to add on Instagram. And I had already been super, super active on my Insta stories and that was working really, really well. And so I figured, okay, if I just post a couple of things on the grid and make my grid look just even slightly more professional then. Let's see what that actually does. So from there, I was using hashtags. I want to get to Instagram in a little bit. Um, but before we do, you're talking about something that I've been struggling with. Like we at Social Media Examiner in the last couple of months have started publishing regular once to twice a week. And we're aiming to two times a week original content on our YouTube channel. The ones that I did are me interviewing experts. And 
I generally don't think to go on my personal profile and like link to YouTube on Facebook, which is where I'm most active, but I probably should because I have a pretty big personal following and I've noticed that Facebook lately is popping in the full, in the olden days when you would link to YouTube, they wouldn't populate what's called the open graph with the YouTube stuff. But now when you put a YouTube link in there, it's just like if you put a link to a website, you get this huge thing that shows up. So I was taking notes while you were talking. I probably need to start promoting to my videos across LinkedIn and, and all these other places because not everybody lives on YouTube, right? And Very, very few people live on YouTube. And, and just because they subscribe to you doesn't mean they'll ever see your video. Am I right? Right. Yes. Yeah. With YouTube, if you are on, there are a certain subset of people and these are usually the people that are like, I'm kind of considering starting a YouTube channel. But when you get on YouTube, it's an entirely different world that people don't even know exists. And still it's so early, I think in the YouTube game. And so the reason that search and promoting from Facebook and Instagram is so important is because if you're just posting on YouTube, you're only getting those people on YouTube and the majority of people aren't yet on there. I want to dig in on kind of like, you know, some people are like, okay, you sold me on the idea of answering some questions and making a video and putting it on YouTube. But the filmmaker and Amanda, what tips do you want to give to people about how to make that video be something that people want to watch? Totally. So when I was switching from editing promotional videos for businesses to doing YouTube, it was actually quite a bit of a learning curve, even though I had been doing this for so long. So I would like learn scripting and then I'd watch a million videos about that. I would learn the, you know, I was trying to develop my graphic style and I watched a million different videos about that. So over time, I've developed a system that is, makes it easier for other people to do this because my goal eventually I'm working towards it is to systematize the creative process so that other people can get their message out there hmm. in an easier way than it was for me. So give me the high level, like a so, couple tips for anybody who wants to totally, you know, do this. Yeah. So first you have to come up with a structure for your videos hook at the beginning and then a one liner. And then you have your content right after that. And I really like to use graphics. So I created a graphics package that I use for every single video. And it's basically made up of like four transitions as well as something called a Mogurt, which is a motion graphic template, mm. which anyone can use. That's just drag and drop, super simple, easy to use in Premiere. So that already ups the production quality. By the way, for people that are just freaking out about that, like... I would imagine there's people that they could hire to develop all this stuff for them. And if they just are using iMovie, they could still pull this off. Am I right? Yes. Although but, iMovie is going to be... Or would they be better off just like record the videos and then give it to somebody who does this to add that stuff to it? Yeah, you totally can. So I think I talk about this a lot with, especially in the DIY video course, I think it's super important to learn how to do all this. However, you should outsource as quickly as possible. So with developing your graphic style, it can be very challenging to just send off. And so I've developed kind of a system that helps people 
create that. So you can browse these different sites like Motion Array is a great site that has tons of these different templates. Videohive.net is another resource for it. Perfect. And you can go through and just kind of see, oh, I really like this transition or I really like this subscribe icon that's popping on the screen and just start to pick them out. And then from there, you can go to Fiverr or Upwork and say, hey, this is the direction. These are my brand colors. Can you create this package for me? Now, real quick, you said in the beginning you have a hook. And for those that don't know what a hook is, a hook is just kind of something to get people continuing to watch. But you also said a one-liner. Did you mean the same thing as a hook or is a one-liner something different? A one-liner helps someone get to know who you are with every single video, no matter what the topic is. What's your one-liner? Do you know? Off the top yeah. of your head. <laughs> it's, I'm Amanda Horvath, and I'm all about helping business owners and entrepreneurs leverage the power of video without breaking the bank or taking up tons of their time. Perfect. So that was like four or five seconds of just a quick, like, here's why you should listen to me, because this is what I what I do or who I am. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. Perfect. And whether you're doing this on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever, like Facebook, I really think that the more you can say your one-liner in your videos, the more effective your overall video strategy is going to be. Perfect. So we've gotten through the intro. Now we're getting to the core of the content. Like how long typically are your videos? Yeah. So YouTube specifically, the main metric that they're tracking is watch time. So it's not bad for your videos to be longer. So length doesn't matter as much, but you don't want to fill it with unnecessary info. So you really like I'll record a whole video, I'll look at it and then I'll take out anything that's repeating. So you want to cut, cut, cut as much as possible. And just to answer your other question, just to finish this section with the, what keeps people engaged and how do you keep their attention? You want something to be happening on screen every couple of seconds, like every five to 10 seconds. And when and you say could, happening, tell people what that means, because totally. I kind of know what that means, because we we have a video crew here, but not everybody knows what that means. Yeah. So it can be as simple as the, so the absolute simplest way to do this, and I'm just going to assume that people are shooting on their iPhone, and they're going to get this graphics package with four transitions and a Mogurt file that they can use within Premiere Pro. Because you should use Premiere, not iMovie. But you, but you can use that on <laughs> your phone is what I'm hearing you say. Is that right? Yeah, but shoot on your phone. So with I your see. phone, you can shoot in 4K. And the value of shooting in 4K, is, which is the higher resolution, than, and you can change that within your settings for your video, you can crop in and out without losing resolution. Perfect. So what I'm hearing you say is every couple of seconds, zoom in a little and then zoom yeah. out a little. And what that does is, I guess... Pattern, pattern interrupts, right? Isn't that really what it does and keeps people focused? So it's not boring. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. Yeah. And you can actually, with that as well, you can cut out little gaps. So yeah, your it, ums and your ahs and all that, right? And your breaths. So oh. like often, yeah. So we talk super slow, right? And people can listen a lot faster than we can talk. And so we want to try to cut out as much as possible to really make it Bam, 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 bam. I can tell you, uh, folks that are listening right now, I've done a lot of interviews that are on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash social media examiner, quick plug. <laughs> and uh, we have a professional crew that edits these things. And they they take these 10-minute interviews and they, they edit them down sometimes to five minutes. They just cut any fluff. 
They cut head scratches. They they cut just all these little things that we normally don't even think about that we do. And it just makes it so much easier to watch, doesn't it? It really does. And it keeps you way more engaged. And you can tell too, like this last week when I released a video, I was like, yeah, I don't think this one's going to do too well. I should have like actually added my graphics and whatnot. Sometimes I'll get lazy. And it's... If it's you're bored by your videos, then so are other people. Perfect. One more question. Like when we get to the core of actually what we're talking about, in your particular case, you're demonstrating your expertise. And a lot of people right now want to demonstrate their expertise. Any tips on like how to demonstrate your expertise? Like just pick one thing and just talk about that. You know where I'm going with this or no? Yeah, totally. So there's several different ways to approach this. And and this really is relevant, whether it's YouTube or anything else as well. But one, you want to ask yourself, what would be helpful for my clients or customers to know to make it easier for me to work with them? Because there's a lot of things that, you know, they don't know that is annoying to you. So if you just start creating those videos first and foremost, I think that's a great place to start. Give me an example of what you mean by that. Yeah, totally. So let me think of an example. Maybe one you've done. Yeah. When I was doing with video, you get a lot of conference offers and they're not the most exciting thing to do job wise, but they are very lucrative. And so I had created a video that's like how to estimate your budget for your conference, because there's so many different things to consider. Okay. How big is this conference? Are you looking for a promo video? Are you looking for actually capturing the presentations? Are you going to have things happening at multiple times where you need different people and kind of just give all the different options that would help me quote it better? Oh, that's fascinating. So in this particular case, you're helping anyone who wants to either hire someone to do video for a conference, not just your customers, kind of understand the depth of it, right? And understand there's a lot of variables that go into it so that when (laughs) they do get a quote that might be higher than they realize, it's kind of like, oh, I get it, right? So you're kind of dealing with a little bit of that, like this is why it's not as cheap as you think it's going to be because there's a lot to it. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? Yes. And you can use these videos within your business. So say a request comes in for a quote and they gave me, hey, I need a video for a conference, how much, right? Right. Which is typical. So then you respond, hey, I would love to help you further with this. Can you watch this video and give me the bullet points of what you're looking for? And so that saves you tons of time in business. Smart. Because you don't have to like get on the phone and speak the whole thing out. Instead, they can watch the video. And that's awesome. It's a multi-purpose kind of thing. So, all right. How do we end the video? So with YouTube specifically, they want to, you kind of want to end it as fast as possible. You don't want to do a conclusion like, oh, in this video, we talked about blank, 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 because people are going to leave. So you want to leave them almost like, wow, that just ended very quickly. Like what just happened? Mm. I want to click and watch another video. So you want to make your content bingeable to where at the very end, they're left with a little bit of an unsettling feeling and want to click to watch more. So I usually end my video with, you know, drop a comment below and I'll see you in the next video kind of thing. Do you ever say something like, and by the way, if you want to learn about this next thing, watch this next video. Do you ever connect? Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, we found that that's really valuable. One of the things we've been doing on our channel and we've been, we're students of Tim Schmoyer and a bunch of other people that have guided us, Daryl Eves, um, Roberto Blake, 
the thing about ending quickly is kind of crazy. It's almost like when you watch those TV shows and the show's not over, but the credits are like in a little box. It's it's literally like like that with YouTube because the longer the watch time, the better exposure your video is going to get. So you don't even want to let people realize it's it's ending. Any of those kind of cues can hurt you. So boom, just end it. And then what's cool is you can pop stuff up on the screen, right? And you can, I guess if you're using it for marketing, you could always like pop up some sort of an end card that would encourage people to maybe go to your website. Is that an option? Yeah, you can. Not maybe, but maybe you shouldn't. If you have a certain number of subscribers, I believe you can do that. Like Uh, it takes a while before you can do that. But I think even more so YouTube wants their audience to stay on YouTube. Yes. And so if you can just promote the next video, then that's actually better. Perfect. Or maybe even just leave the something in the show notes, right? You could put up words up on the screen. Like if you want to contact me, my links in the show notes or something, right? But then just go right to the next video. I would imagine you could do something like that. Right. So with all of these, like the goal, so say you're creating, it's kind of a balancing act between you're creating videos for your clients so that to make your life easier or prospects, but then you're also creating in them to get ranked, right? So if you do get a video ranked, you could lead them. So like, for example, that one video, how to write a promotional video script has a lead magnet right underneath it that they can dive even deeper into the training. And it's like a three-part video series. So you could lead them to your website or you could lead them to a lead magnet. What's great about end cards is you can change those. That's the one thing you can change in a YouTube video, right? So I would imagine, but you're probably not just using an end card. You probably had a graphic at the end with an end card. Is that right? Or did you just use an end card to get them to your lead magnet? Actually, in that particular one, I mentioned that there's one below. Thank God I did. (laughs) And it linked. I had a pinned comment and then they can click on it. Ah, I didn't even know you could pin comments. That's amazing. So actually you should pin comments because that's one of the things that they is like a check mark for best practices. So if you pin a comment, then that's like one of the seven or eight things that YouTube's like, okay, you get a kick in the algorithm. Wow. I didn't know that. I'm making a note of that. All right. Tell me about Instagram. Are you using IGTV or is it mostly just IG stories? I am primarily on IG stories. I would love to, like, I know a lot of YouTubers take their videos and then a week after they post them on YouTube, they post them on their IGTV. I haven't gotten there yet purely because I want to... I I don't know. It's kind of conflicting. It's like, do you want to drive traffic to your YouTube channel or do you want to put it up on IGTV? I don't know. I totally Um, hear you. So we're not super active on IGTV either, even though we know we could. We just, we just, and even though IGTV supports the 16 by 9 format now, I just, you know, it's, you know, I would prefer to make it square or vertical, which is what it was really built for. And it's, it's just another hassle. So tell me about stories. I want to spend some time. So we've really dove in deep about how you're using YouTube to establish yourself as an expert, but stories are a whole different ball of wax. We're talking about, what is it? 15 seconds. So how are you using stories? Talk to us. Stories, I think is the best thing that literally anyone can do to grow their business. It's everyone. Most people are watching stories more than they're watching. They're scrolling on their feed and everyone is doing a terrible job at stories. Like the bar is super, super low. So if you can figure out how to tell a story 
in your stories, ironically, then you can really do a good job of capturing people. So the trick here is to do like introduce the topic that you're going to talk about or what you're doing. So like, hey, we're at a dinner party and hanging out with everyone, right? And that might be one story. And then you flip the camera around and you get the people at the dinner party, right? And you can like tag them in your story, which they could repost to their story, which gets you to a whole different audience. How many people can you tag? I mean, can you tag a whole bunch if there's a lot in there? Is there a limit? Yes. I don't know. I've never hit the limit, probably because it's like a lot. It's kind of a pain to have to type in as many names, but I mean, I've tagged 10 people minimum. Okay. So, so you started with, Hey, we're here at dinner and maybe you're moving around a little bit. I would imagine then you turn the camera and you show the people that are there. That's your second story. Keep going. Yeah. So just to take a step back on this, people are so nervous to do Instagram stories because they're like, Oh, my life, I have nothing to show. My life is not interesting. Right. I feel that way. I'm you're speaking to me. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, What's awesome about stories is it doesn't matter. Once again, the bar is super, super low. So like get that out of your head for now and let's just play with it. So when you wake up first thing in the morning, what do you do? Do you put on workout clothes and go to the gym? Do you make a coffee? Do you have kids running in your bed and waking you up? Like every single person's morning looks different and that's just the morning. So if you can think about how do I share the best way, in my opinion, to think about it is I have a friend across the country and I want to catch them up on what I'm doing. How can I share my life? Hmm. So if you can just start sharing these little moments in time, yeah, hey, I just finished this really hard workout. That was amazing. Into work, right? Next thing, um, you know, something else of your day or you're walking the dog and you show that in these little tiny details of your life, you don't think that they mean anything or they're totally normal to you because you live them every single day, but you're going to be shocked at the amount of comments that are blowing up in your DMs from them. Like, oh my God, I didn't know that workout. I didn't know you could do that. Like, tell me more about blank, right? And you constantly are getting questions and people start to really tell you what they are enjoying about your content. I hear this a lot from a lot of people. And I find that when I'm mostly using Instagram is when I'm traveling or when I'm at a concert or something that's like cool, because it feels like that's something that I know people would find very interesting and fascinating because it's not every day someone goes to a concert or is in you know a foreign country. And that stuff I find super easy. Or when I've just saw something really cool, like this Batman car or whatever, right? Like, cause I'm at a Disneyland or something, but like, it's the everyday stuff. And, and that's the reason I'm not doing it every day because I don't feel like that stuff is interesting. Um, but that's, what's super interesting is like all the listeners on here though, yeah. who, who is Mike? Yeah. Right. Like Mike's, Mike's interviewing everyone. Or, or whatever, but like, what does he do on a daily basis? Like, what does the office look like? Mm. Who are the people that he engages with? What are the thoughts that come up while he's walking his dog or whatever? I don't even know if you have a dog, but. I don't, I mean? but I walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like these little thoughts or, or even failures, right? Like mm. when you start sharing authentically, 
people start to really connect with who you are. And when they connect with who you are, then they really want to work with you. So tell me how you're using Instagram stories. Yeah, I have a really crazy personality on Instagram stories. I usually super active. I just went on a trip to Budapest for five weeks and have kind of fallen out of the habit because I didn't have the service while over there, but I'll use it to talk about, I mean, it really is just like random things in life, like cooking. So for example, tonight we're throwing a dinner party where we invite, we do a once a month dinner party where we invite people that we either just met or have, haven't seen it in a very long time. And it's always a super fun time. And so I might hop on Insta stories and be like, guys, throw another dinner party tonight. Let me introduce you to the crew and then show who's there. Right. And so that's kind of like giving my personality or I might be filming another set of YouTube videos and I show the setup. I show the behind the scenes of how in front of the camera, it looks beautiful behind the camera. There's like the other day I had to tear apart my whole place and move my bed so that I could film a shot. Uh, and so that was on my Insta story. Do you find that people that watch that stuff on Instagram, it's kind of similar to YouTube. It's giving them just little glimpses of your life, but they know what you do. They know you're into this filming stuff. And if somebody wants to understand more about that, they're going to start asking you questions, I would imagine. Right. And that could naturally lead you to lead them over to your course. Does that happen sometimes? Yeah. So my course is not even live yet. Um, or whatever. We'll be launching but you soon. Get the, but, but I would imagine like when you show what you do, what I'm hearing you say is people are naturally going to ask questions about that in a way that they would never yes. on YouTube. Right. Because it's private yeah. and that could lead to opportunities. Right. Well, you have leads coming into your inbox every single day. And I was talking to a website designer recently who we met off YouTube and Instagram. And he was talking about how he's a website designer, but kind of, you don't even need websites anymore because it all happens on Instagram. So like your highlight stories can be your services. Uh, it could be testimonials. You know, you could like really curate the page oh, to look like. I love like. that. You could be with a customer and you could do a quick IG story with them, right? And then you could save it to your highlights reel. Yeah, exactly. And people are just DMing you. They ask you questions and they're like, oh, by the way, like, you know, I actually have created this because I get asked this question all the time. So you can sell them right there. Like I have friends that their entire business model is strictly Instagram. Amanda, I know that you have a course and I know that your course covers like camera, audio, lighting, you know, editing systems and places to shoot and all that fun stuff. And it sounds like it's in development, but maybe by the time this comes it's out, it's finished. It, okay, good. It's finished. Tell everybody <laughs> where can they find it? Yeah. So actually I'm going to put together a page just for you listeners, amandahorvath.com slash SME. And I'll put on some resources on there that if the things that you heard are interesting, then you can kind of dig a little bit deeper into them. Um, and the course will be coming out very soon. I am launching it very soon after this podcast. So just keep an eye out. Cool. And it teaches you everything that you need to know, the bare bones basics so that you're not going down all these crazy rabbit holes and watching hours of YouTube videos, trying to figure it out of how to use video or how to create high quality videos for your business on your own. Amanda Horvath.com slash SME. Horvath is H-O-R-V-A-T-H. 
Amanda, on behalf of all of my audience, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. By the way, if there's anything we mentioned in today's episode and you missed it, simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 376. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world in a good way. See you next week. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.